0: Welcome to the Think Christian podcast, where we talk about faith and pop culture, because there's no such thing as secular. I'm Josh Larson, editor over at thinkchristian.net. One of our favorite shows, Abbott Elementary, just wrapped up its second season, so Catherine Freeman and Rosalind Hernandez are going to join me to discuss. And yes, we'll get into the whole Janine Gregory thing. Before we get into that, I want to give you another reminder about the next online gathering of the TC Movie Club. It's right around the corner, May 15. We're going to be getting together to discuss what do we do with Paul Schrader. The provocative director's latest film, Master Gardener, is on the way. So just before that, we'll be considering Schrader's previous films from First Reformed to Hardcore to Mishima and many more. We're going to ask what we can learn and how we can answer the spiritually tortured work of this theologically-minded filmmaker. I've also got a video essay up on the Think Christian YouTube channel that does a deep dive on First Reformed just to get our conversation jump-started. So mark May 15 on your calendar And if you're not a member of the TC Movie Club and would like to get an invite with the Zoom link for our gathering, you can sign up at thinkchristian.net slash movie club. That's thinkchristian.net slash movie club. Let's turn to some lighter material now for the rest of this episode as we put a bow on season two of Abbott Elementary. This is fun. I've got one of the founding contributors to the TC podcast team with me, Catherine Freeman, along with our newest member, Rosalyn Hernandez. Maybe we should get to know each other just a little bit here at the start, and we can do that in line with Abbott Elementary. Can the two of you tell me where you both went to Elementary school. Were you a Christian school kid like me, <laughs> Roslyn? I don't know. Maybe you were homeschooled, or maybe you, maybe you had the public school experience like Abbott. Uh, what what was it like elementary school for you?
1: Yeah, elementary school was public school for me. Well, I I had a little bit of both, but mostly pu- public school. I actually lived in Mexico for a while, and when I, we were in Mexico, I went to private school kindergarten, private kindergarten for a little bit. Okay. And then I went to public school, and when we when we moved back here, I went to public school as well. And I'm actually in my hometown, so like I can see my public school like in my mind, and just really? look like <laughs> off that way, and like it's right there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you you can walk by it sometimes <laughs> and bring back hopefully hopefully okay memories from that. All right, well that's yeah. a lot of change for for a kid. Uh, how about you, Catherine?
2: Um, so I did a private Christian school. I actually went to Dallas Baptist University, had like a lab school oh, yeah. on campus um, so that their people could do student teaching. So I did that until like I was in the fifth grade and then I went to my local public elementary school, um, which also I'm in my parents' house. So I'm like two blocks from my public <laughs> elementary school as well. So that's really fun. It feels very <laughs> okay. apropos for what we're recording today.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes. Absolutely. I'm a little further away from the school where I went to for elementary school, but when my daughters were that age, they went to the same school I did, the Christian school. So mm-hmm. it was a case of, you know, having in some cases actually one or two of the same teachers, sort of those committed lifers, yeah. which was kind of cool. So so yeah, a show like Abbott Elementary probably brings back a lot of those types of memories. We see familiar teachers in in some of these characters, I bet, and some in good ways, some in not so good ways, depending <laughs> On the teacher, so we should we should get into the show. I do feel like for the end of season two, which which we're going to mostly talk about, we have to discuss at the top here the elephant in the room. We have to get it out of the way. How are we feeling about the Janine and Gregory sort of romance? <laughs> this this almost on and then off again relationship between Janine, who is played by series creator Quinta Brunson, uh, the second grade teacher, and then another teacher played by. Tyler James Williams. It seems from what I've observed on the internet, this is kind of controversial how people feel about the show, even including a plot like this. So I don't know. Do either of you have strong feelings?
2: I actually don't have strong feelings either way. I mean, I guess I could see. I mean, part of it is like the will they or won't they. Like for me, I generally don't like that. But then I think. It's such a, if you think about, like, in the history of, like, sitcoms, I think about, like, Ross and Rachel, and I think about mm-hmm. Pam and Jim. Like, it's just the nature of things. I will say, like, like as a plot driver, and I do feel like in some ways season two would be too soon for them to get together. But I do like the ways in which they're developing the characters both as friends and then, like, as potential romantic partners. Like, I really appreciated yeah it doesn't feel super contrived I guess like they're just Mm -hmm. finding ways to keep them apart just because I think Janine has a lot of like I think they both have a lot of like still growing up to do Mm and and so in some ways it makes sense to me so yeah I'm I guess I'm fine with
1: it I like the tension so I am also I'm not too like I don't have a strong opinion about it, but I do like the tension that it provides throughout and the way that it carries some things forward. Specifically for me, that last episode, which is I think is titled Selfish, in which, you know, Janine's like, "Oh, am I selfish?" But then she's like, "No, yeah, I'm I'm going to give myself this time to be selfish." That I think is more interesting in that dynamic of Like, learning to grow up or just giving herself some time. And I think that friendship with Jacob, Gregory, and Janine as they exit, you know, the last episode, it it gives me hope for them as as a a trio of friends and as a possible, Mm. you know, romantic couple with a, I don't know, third wheel. Like...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we don't we don't know where it's going to go at this point. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, selfishness is kind of how it's framed, but there's a healthy side to that too, mm-hmm. I think, which you're getting at, Rosalind. And maybe that points to the one thing where I don't, I'm with both of you. I think it's not like I <laughs> am irate or excited <laughs> about it. I think maybe I would say it is a missed opportunity. This might relate to the selfish thing or choosing what life is like for yourself because We don't see a lot of depictions of single professional life all that often in sitcoms. You know, it's so, as you said, Catherine, it is such a trope. It's like they have to go that way. I'll date myself and go back to Cheers. You know, it was the Sam and Diane question. (laughs) Did they have to hear because this show did otherwise, specifically with Janine, be painting a very interesting portrait of young, single, professional life? And clearly, you know, relationships are going to be a part of that. Romantic relationships, even outside of the workplace, which she had and was part of it. But I did feel a little bit like, oh, you know, I don't mind that we're going here, but we are maybe losing something in terms of singleness, maybe.
2: No, that's good. I mean, I think the to me, the part of her... And I guess to me, like, this, I will say I find this sort of tension a little bit more interesting than sort of the Ross and Rachel, Jim and Pam, because it does seem more related to her, like, professional life and growing up and being more like we're getting to see like a fuller picture that it's like her life doesn't revolve around will she or won't she with like Gregory that it is very centered of like the, the even the lesson about like being selfish it also impacts her relationship with her mom like that episode where it was like learning to set healthy boundaries and like like this just seems to me like a recurring lesson I think for Janine in season two I mean even with like the mom that didn't like her and they're just this sort of this sort of growing up process as a professional as like a young teacher seems to be like a recurring theme in the second season and so i think even for me like her the situation with Gregory feels a part of that narrative of like mm-hmm. part of what it means to be in relationship with people, whether romantic or friendship or family. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's self-sacrificial, but they're also like there are some sort of like boundaries. And then sometimes like sort of living into community requires loving people well requires like saying no or like, mm-hmm. you know, like you grow in these sort of in these sort of ways. And so I, I mean, I will say I like this sort of trope, sort of sitcom trope, at least their take on it, I think better than some of the other examples that we've given, just because it seems to be more centered on their growth as individuals rather than like, we're just sort of ships passing in the night, kind of, Mm. you know, we're in love, but, you know, we can't
0: for whatever artificial reason. (laughs) It's more about the characters maybe and their individual stories coming together than the romance itself being Mm -hmm. pushed at the forefront. I can see that.
1: And I think they really have it really seems like they're paving that because I mean if you think about their previous partners <laughs> like they were not great. <laughs> and so right. it seems like this would have been a better couple for like coupling for them, a very really a better relationship. And they're still at least on Janine's side. She's choosing to wait a little bit until she's ready to be mm-hmm. in that healthy of a relationship with Gregory.
0: Yeah.
2: And I will say, sorry, but I think that's also, too, like an important sort of like sort of I think like sort of a theological point, too, is like sometimes it can be the right thing, but it's the wrong time, which means it's the wrong thing, you know. And so I think oftentimes like the things that God has for you, like he might give you a glimpse of that, but it's like you're not, you know, like Abraham had to go through like David, like I think character development is a part of you see that consistently across scripture. And so I think even the the idea that like maybe Gregory is her person, but she for whatever reason is, you know, not in the place to enter into that relationship as healthy as an individual and then for it to be like long-term successful.
0: Yeah, I like that. Well, another theological angle is one we've we've touched on earlier but i want to revisit it because it was kind of emphasized for me in a particular episode in the second half of the season but catherine you and i talked about abbott elementary on the best of tv episode of the tc podcast so i think that was in january and joe george was on that episode with us and i suggested that one of the elements. That might resonate resonate with Christians is the way the school is a place of grace. Okay, so this a place where people can fail, then be picked up by loving arms and given another chance. Well, we got a great episode called fire in this last half that <laughs> just jumped out at me how well it worked this way and this is where Cheryl Lee Ralph's Barbara probably still my favorite character veteran teacher no nonsense she has all the answers until <laughs> this episode which was interesting cuz she starts accidentally starts a fire in her classroom with a candle and her response to this at first she denies it right and and then she goes off on the fire marshal who is coming in for a training session they have to have. She even calls out other teachers for their mistakes in that moment. And honestly, it gets kind of ugly and uncharacteristic. Of her. There won't be another one because there will be no more candles on this property.
2: Does that apply to birthday candles? Well, that is unfair. This school is full of hazards. And birthdays. You have no idea the nonsense that teachers get away with here repeatedly, but the one time I light a candle for peace of mind without ever having a prior problem, you want to take it away from me? Well, that is unfair and ridiculous!
0: But we do see through some grace and love and patience on the part of her colleagues that she opens up and says her husband had a health scare, that had her all wound up, had her off her game. You know, not she's still apologetic, but we start to understand her more about what was going on. And I did think that was just another example of Abbott creating a space for that understanding where, you know, things like mercy and forgiveness, that's where they can happen in a space like that. So, I'd like to hear, you know, I you weren't part of that conversation earlier. I'm just curious if this is a quality that's, you know, stood out to you about the show, characters failing, then being met by uncommon understanding, or maybe, I don't know, maybe there's a different defining element to Abbott Elementary, you know, you want to be sure to point out as well.
1: No, yeah, there's definitely, for me, probably what the word that encompasses it is community and acceptance, and and, and that is grace and, you know, forgiveness and just a caring for each other and one another and providing space for what people are going through. And that's definitely something that I have seen from the characters in Abbott, whether it be, you know, people smiling at the camera and at each other whenever Barbara, like, Confuses celebrities Mm -hmm. or, you know, this thing with the fire or people just know, you know, that Melissa is a little intense sometimes or Jacob can be, you know, like a little awkward. They all like they they've all learned to accept each other and grow together because sometimes they do get in, in love. They get confronted about something and and they just come through for each other in some of those, in some of those times. So I think for me, something that really came to my mind was uh, Proverbs 27, 17 as iron sharpens iron. And, mm. you know, and here there's like iron from all sides, you know, like the new charter schools trying to like take over. So there's a lot of sharpening <laughs> that happens and <laughs> in this, in the season, but definitely community, community and caring and having grace for one another within the those boundaries or those containers of we're in this together has been one of the themes that I have really enjoyed from, from Abbott Elementary.
0: I'm glad you mentioned the looks to the camera, which is another trope at this point of this mockumentary style, yeah. right? Probably most famous from The Office. And mm-hmm. there's a distinction though, I hadn't thought about before until you said this, Rosalind. I think they're very different looks. What Jim gives so often is one where it's like, we're in on the joke at the expense of the character mm-hmm. who I'm looking at you for, right? When the when Jim looks into the camera. And as you were describing characters looking into the camera here, whether it's about Melissa or about Barbara mis- making a mistake, I don't feel like when they look in the camera in Abbott Elementary, it's like you and I are laughing at this person. It's more than knowing you were talking about. It's like, oh... She's doing this again, and you know what? This is a place she can do that. We're not going to correct her. We're not going to make fun of her, but I am going to look at you and acknowledge that it's a funny <laughs> thing about her character, but I'm not deriding her in any way. The, I, I hadn't thought about that before, but I think that's a distinction between those two shows for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. It's almost of like, hey, we know she does this, and you can't, like, don't you dare judge her. Mm-hmm. Like, like this is our thing, you know? <laughs>
0: Protective.
2: It's <laughs> yeah, almost more a little bit Yeah. a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a more bit more I think bit of a little bit of a little the of a little bit of like little bit of a little always perfect, her perfect always perfect she's like super professional in Her dress. And so I think this season, I think the fire episode, and then in the last episode when she has to use the CPAP machine, but she's like hiding because she doesn't want them to know yes. that she uses mm-hmm. it. a a place of grace, and to Rosalind's point, a p- place of knowing. Like they know each other so well and the ways in which they live into community even the fact that it's very obvious to like Melissa and Barbara and Jacob that like Janine and Gregory has something going <laughs> on before like Janine and Gregory even like vocalize that yeah. and they're like oh my god of course of course, it's so obvious we watch you guys all the time you know and even like Jacob teaching Gregory how to make small talk and it's like that's an important part of knowing and of being a part of community like I think as someone who struggles with that as well like you just never know like what someone is going through and and small talk does provide a point of connection and it is how you enter into deep, meaningful relationships with people. And so, yeah, I love that it's a place of grace, but a place of like belonging and in, in some ways just kind of like unconditional, like we know And also, to unconditional belonging, but also, to we want you to be better. So, like, we don't want you to stay where you are. Barbara, we don't want you to continue to hide. Like, we want to know that your husband is going through something. Or, like, Gregory, you want to be a principal. You can't not be able to make small talk, so I'm going to show you how to do that. You know, Janine, this is how you have a parent-teacher conference or deal with a child. The episode where Janine has the problem child and, like, goes through all of her sort of soft teaching (laughs) things. Uh Before Janine and Melissa are like, no, this is not, I mean. Before Ava and um, Barbara would, like take over and I'm like, no, this is not how this works. And so this sort of like, yeah, this sort of eye sharpening iron like correcting, but that that it happens in a place of like love and deep belonging and deep connection and and I think oftentimes like that in Christian community that is yeah when those sorts of like discipleship that sort of maturing you need other believers, but I think also too it only happens in places of deep knowing and belonging and accepting.
0: That small talk story thread is so good, too, because, you know, Jacob, played by Chris Perfetti, is kind of, you know, has been kind of a a joke, not entirely, but for a lot of the show. Mm-hmm. And I like that they gave him a moment. I think there have been others, but a moment where he is helpful to Gregory, you know, who is otherwise usually the more composed person in the cultural situations. <laughs> and here's where Jacob can offer just kind of a... a an aspect of his personality that is helpful to someone like Gregory. So that that was a nice little touch. I think the show overall has done a really good job of balancing their characters where there are flaws balanced by positive qualities. And it's, you know, it's just another way of providing well-rounded characters. Mm-hmm. And that's just one small example of it. So is there anything else we should cover as we, you know, wrap up on, on season two? Anything you wanted to hit? I don't know. It sounds like the two of you, as with me, would be eager for season three, even if this possible romance wasn't hanging over <laughs> yeah. our heads.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah but anything don't. else
0: we wanted to touch on?
2: No, I mean, I think, you know, I'm always going to have to, like, root for my girl Ava. Josh and I, in the last podcast, he does not understand. But I just love her so much. One, because I think Janelle James is hysterical. Like, that character steals every scene that she's in. But I also think you see her, like, growing up and the ways in which, like, Janine was, like, down. And she's like, you can come with me. But, like, not too, but still in her very, like, Ava way of, like, not too close. (laughs) (laughs) And I just think, it's just, I think that, yeah, like the importance of laughter. And I think also too, that they come to like love and respect her in the ways in which she's helping them sort of fight off the attempt to like make Abbott a charter school and like the episode where they do the fundraiser and Ava is teaching like, you know, they're not ethical ways. You should not do those things. And Barbara is like very upset about it, but then it's kind of like, she kind of gets on board with it.
0: All right, students. Principal Coleman is going to take the lead today.
2: She has a few new tactics that she thinks can help us, but please do not forget everything that I taught you. Do forget everything she taught you. Toss it right out of the window. First lesson, act like you've already made a sale. Courtney, you're with me. How many bars did you say you wanted? What? I said, how many candy bars did you tell this adorable child that you would be purchasing?
1: Fine, I'll pick one. You got change?
2: Some people might ask for change, but those people aren't Sam Cook, so change is not gonna come. It's just like an interesting, the way in which they're growing her and her leadership in which she obviously was not prepared to be a leader of the school. Back to the idea of like accepting of like, you know, this isn't the way I do it, but she does bring something unique and important to our community. And so I think oftentimes we get, which I think is another good lesson for like Christian community, because oftentimes we're like, you know, that's not how I would do it, and you're sinful because you're doing it that way rather than you know, maybe it's just like a personality difference. and so you know, I just love Ava so much. I just think she brings so much to the show. yeah, and I think because of her leadership style, unintentionally in some ways, she makes space for them to be leaders too and not mm-hmm. and, and as part of like the steering of the Abbott ship. And so I really enjoy. The ways in which, you know, her foibles also open up opportunities for Gregory when he's like the fake principal and um, <laughs> during the fire episode, um, yeah, for them to get to shine as well. So I'm always really for definitely, my definitely I'm definitely
0: all in on Ava with you, Catherine. I, I think as the <laughs> show has kind of given her more nuance and she was always mm-hmm. hysterical, right? Janelle James yeah. would pop in a scene and you knew you were going to laugh, but I definitely appreciate the, the way they've developed her character too and the ways you described Any last thoughts for you, Rosalyn?
1: Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought that up because it's something that I've been thinking about. And I'm totally biased in this because I work for a youth ministry organization. And so I'm always like, young people are amazing. And like the Bible tells us and stuff like that. So whenever I thought about Ava and she has been my favorite character, she's been developed so well this season. I thought of Matthew 18, two to five, when Jesus gets, at, gets asked like, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he's like, you have to be like a kid. You have to be like a child. If you don't, then you're not going to be Part of the kingdom of heaven. And like for me, Ava is so much like a child. She's one of the adults that is the most like a child in Abbott Elementary. And we see so many like great aspects of that when she like substitutes for Janine and she learns from the kids and she talks to them like not as like an adult, like condescending kind of way, not even in a loving way like a teacher would. She's like, okay, everybody come and sit down. We're going to read a book. And the kids are talking to her so comfortably. And whenever uh, I think some kids get in trouble and they get sent to the principal's office and they actually like it because Ava is like... (laughs) (laughs) Um, So like for me, a theology of like, who is the greatest of these? Like for me in season two, Ava was the greatest. Mm. And she did because it's not even like she's trying to do it. That's just her nature.
2: Yeah. That's such a good point when she goes into Jacob's class when he has the conflict with yes. the parent about how he yeah. teaches Black history. And she's like so excited. And she's like learning and raising her hand. And mm-hmm. she's like, did you know this? And her sort of child likeness is perfect in that situation because she's able to say to the parent, have you sat in his class? Did you know this fact of Black history? Did you know this? And he didn't. And sort of her willingness to enter in. And I think even the episode where I was mentioning Barbara and the school fundraiser, it's actually Ava that notices like the reason why that this kid needs to make money, because otherwise he doesn't eat, he doesn't have access to clean clothes. And as caring and as wonderful as all the other teachers are at Abbott, I do think there's something unique about Ava and the, her childlikeness and ability to relate that makes it easier in some ways for kids to approach her or for her to notice maybe her own background and maybe Mm -hmm. we'll learn more about this in season three. Yeah, that has made her adapt and the ways in which her personality has developed are a product of maybe being in similar situations to the kids that she works with as Abbott. And so she's able to relate in a way that maybe Janine and Barbara and Melissa, despite being wonderful teachers, can't and mm-hmm. so, I love that. That's so good about her being childlike because that does come up a lot this in season two.
0: Her childlikeness, you know, which caused a lot of problems in the earlier episodes, <laughs> is now it's now something that allows her that empathy. You guys are talking mm-hmm. about when it comes to the students, which is crucial to being uh, you know a good teacher and a good principal. I think we're learning as as maybe she's learning it too along yeah. the way. <laughs> Well, thank you both. I'm really glad, you know, we've paid a lot of attention to Abbott here at Think Christian. We have articles about it. And as I said, we podcast about it before, but I think it's a rich show and mm-hmm. glad we could give it some more love. So thank you for doing that with me. Maybe before you guys go, can you let listeners know, I don't know if there's anything you've been working on they should look for. Otherwise, if not, maybe just where they can follow you online. How about you, Rosalyn?
1: Sure. Wow, I am totally blanking on like anything I am doing right now. What is, <laughs> <laughs> what is going be, on? Maybe
0: you've been on vacation. You're just not into <laughs> I work mode again. I just came back
1: from a retreat of like three days, so I it's that been explains a, it. it. It's been a full yeah, it's been a full <laughs> week so far. But yeah, the latest season of the Fuller Youth Institute podcast, which is called the FYI on Youth Ministry, just we just wrapped up that first half. We kind of divided that season into two. But, yeah, you can find it at the FullerYouthInstitute.org. And if you want to look into any other things that I'm doing, you can find me on Instagram at Roslyn M. I think it's Roslyn M. Hernandez. Or just, yeah. <laughs> we'll I'm look for that. At.
0: And if we don't follow you, it'll be someone else, apparently. <laughs> okay.
2: Okay. <laughs> So I am doing PhD, so I haven't like done any sort of fun writing in a very long time. So I don't have anything like that. But you can definitely find me um, online on Twitter at Catherine Annette and then on Instagram at Catherine Annette 83. And I just want to say we talked about Abbott a lot. But if you have not watched, you can catch up now on Hulu over the summer. So stream. There you go. You can still stream it and catch up and know what we're talking about. It's a great show. It's a family show. I watch with my parents all the time. So,
0: yeah, absolutely, it is. That's that's a good point as well. And hey, you know, Catherine, if if you're swamped and just with all that deep thinking and deep writing, and you just want to do something fun, we're always here. You can always pitch something at ThinkChristian.net. Okay.
2: I, I, I know. And I appreciate you guys. And this semester is over <laughs> next week. And then the, like this summer, it's yes. like, that's number on my list is like, get back into like fun writing
0: um, and catch
2: up on pop culture stuff.
0: <laughs> You're almost there. All right. Well, almost thank you, there. Catherine. Thank you, Rosalind. We'll have to do this again. Okay. Okay. If you want more Abbott Elementary talk, we did discuss it earlier this year, as I mentioned, on the Best of 2022 TV episode. Catherine was part of that conversation. Then we covered season one way back in March of 2022 on the podcast. So both of those episodes should be in the TC podcast feed. Over at thinkchristian.net, Brian Howell wrote about Abbott Elementary as a metaphor for the promise and challenges of the church. We'll link to that in the show notes for this episode. Now, to keep up with articles like that, the best thing to do is to sign up to receive our emails, and you can do that at thinkchristian.net slash subscribe. If you want to connect with us about the show or any of the topics we've discussed, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at ThinkChristian, or you could just email us directly, tcpodcast at thinkchristian.net. If you haven't checked out our YouTube channel yet, that's where you can find video versions of our episodes, as well as my new video essay on Paul Schrader's First Reformed. We have other video content up there as well. The TC Podcast is a listener-supported production of Reframe Ministries, a family of programs designed to help you see your whole life reframed by God's gospel story. Get more information at reframeministries.org. Our audio engineer and post-production supervisor is John Reeder, and ReFrame's co-director overseeing content strategy is Robin Basslin. I'm Josh Larson. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back in a couple of weeks to consider how another corner of our pop culture fandom connects with our fame.